Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Today on the podcast, we're talking about the season of Lent. And Nate shares that he's giving up taking jokes too far. So we're just calling this one the one about taking it too far. So why don't you just sit back and relax and enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey Michael, how's it going this week? It's going well, Nate. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, we're two for two. Two weeks in a row. I tell you what, it's been a while since we've been that consistent. I know. I'm just super impressed with this right now. Yeah. And uh, Should we call it a streak? I, is it a streak yet? Or does it have to be three first? It is. Okay. Yeah, it's got to be a streak, man. <laughs> two weeks, we're on a, a winning streak here. Now, I got to hear your daughter preach her first sermon this Last Sunday night, we had several preachers from Southern Nazarene, five young preachers come out and preach for us. Yeah. And she was one of them. And she did a great job, by the way. Yeah. I know you know because you watched it. How did the other four do? Not as good as her. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, I, no, I did watch it. They all it. did well. Yeah, I, all, I watched it and uh, listened to uh, the messages and, uh, you know... Uh, I even I even listened to your critique afterwards. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you congratulated Maggie and asked her, "What does it feel like to be a better preacher than your dad?" Already, <laughs> already, one sermon, one sermon in, in yeah. you're already better than your dad. So I I knew you would be watching on the live stream, and so that was purely for your benefit. Yes. So. Well, my dad thought it was hilarious. He called me and he said, "Hey, did you hear Nate roast you?" <laughs> <laughs> Boom, roasted. Yeah. Dad, I heard him. Michael Scott. <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah, we were going to talk a little bit about Lent today. We're in the oh, season yeah, of Lent. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what and, Michael Scott has to do with well, Lent, that, but okay. We're going to talk about what we have given up for Lent just to kind of give people a little bit of idea about kind of what Christians tend to do at Lent. And mine has to do with Michael Scott because Michael Scott says inappropriate things and crosses the line. Oh, okay. All right. Do you, Nate, do you need to confess that you say inappropriate yes. things and so, cross the line? So I have this tendency, and ever since I was in Fort Worth, I remember I had a couple of students who would be like, Nate, the line is back there somewhere. You need to not say things like that. Like that. And, and so my Lenten fast this year is to not cross the line, not to take a joke too far, not to say that one extra thing that makes everybody kind of be like, oh, seriously? He just went there. So that's my Lenten fast. But here's the problem. And you, maybe you can help me with this because I have a little bit of a problem. Um, Sundays at my church, we celebrate because of the resurrection. Because, you know, there's actually like 47 days in Lent. Sure. And we do a 40-day fast. So my tradition since I was a, a young married man, our church always did you celebrate on Sunday. So if you give up like whatever coffee, then you can drink coffee on Sunday. Well, I don't want to just be completely crossing the line all day on Sunday. So I don't really know. I don't really know what to do. Yeah. 
Um, no, some of our Lenten fasts, <laughs> probably we shouldn't take them up again after after yeah, Lent is over. Maybe, so, maybe that maybe yeah. that's where I need to go with this because <laughs> it's not like Mardi Gras every Sunday. So I was joking right. with my boys. I was like, "You're not gonna want to be around me like on Sunday because you guys need to go back to the dorm because I'll be joking with your mother in ways that probably will make you uncomfortable." <laughs> And my parents listen to this podcast, so they're gonna be like, "Nay, seriously, did I? Is that just? Did I just break my fast you, right did there? Did you cross the line? I don't know. I don't know what. I know some of our listeners thought our last uh, title crossed the line a little bit. Oh, did they? Did they get onto you for? There was a little the bit of a groan from a, a couple people. Oh, okay. that were like seriously, right. Nate. <laughs> I said, "Hey, Michael and JJ." When I mentioned it, were like, "That's hilarious. You have to do that." <laughs> well, we probably so crossed I threw the line. y'all under the bus. We probably crossed the line too. Um, yeah. The uh, I I don't know. I you know I think so what? Linton Linton commitments are between uh, you know to some degree we're sharing them now, but uh, there's some degree they're between you and the Lord. So I guess you know if the Holy Spirit got on your case to stop crossing the line, then the Holy Spirit will tell you when you have cross the line yes yes and, <laughs> so, and that's more that's more of what it's all about sure um, sure just setting an example for my children as much as anything yeah um you know it's kind of like just trying to be um consistent in my life but i you know i we had talked about that you know really probably your fasts aren't necessarily to be broadcast but but just to help our listeners kind of understand a little bit about lint uh, we don't think Jesus is going to hate us for talking about him. So, no, no. So now that I've shared mine, I feel like you're obligated. I'm obligated. I can't. I can't not tell you what. I know. Um, yeah. Then you would just throw me under the bus as like holier than thou and everything else too, because I'm. Yeah. No. Uh, no. Boasting my lint from the street corner or something. <laughs> I just feel really bad right now. Oh I'm Lord, I am so myself. glad I am not like this sinner Nate, who no, uh, <laughs> who crosses the crosses line. Crosses the line. Michael I, Scott style. Yeah. And. And just to be clear, um, if you cross the line like uh, like some of the oil-filled people that I uh, grew up with, um, it would be hard for us to have a relationship <laughs> like yeah, the one we well, do. So, so you're crossing the line, and yeah, and the I, line is always relative. Yeah, right? it is quite relative. <laughs> it is very relative. Um, Sometimes my wife does not think it's relative. Like she's like, you should probably know better than to make that joke. <laughs> but yeah. Sometimes your filter is a few feet in front of your mouth instead yes. of inside your head. Yeah, I'm one of these people that, you know, everything I say, I, I kind of reason as I speak. And actually, I'm learning silence, so hopefully that will help me to shut up more. Sure. Well, <laughs> I, yeah. I feel like the older I get, the quieter I become. Well, that's probably... And I had a husband tell me that, but the way I took it when he said it was like, you just shut up so you don't ever get in trouble with your wife. Oh. <laughs> but I never, yeah, I didn't no. really, in that context, I was like, well, maybe that's not the best thing for your marriage. But, but I do think sometimes uh, maybe just being quieter is better than always speaking. But for those of us who speak for a living, yeah, it's kind of like, so I was getting in my mom's car yesterday. She came up here for a funeral of her cousin, which was not a good reason to see her, but I was glad to see her. And she, she's my, one of my biggest fans for my morning meditation podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, shameless self-promotion there. <laughs> um, but, but she has it where, you know, when she gets in the car, it starts talking. And so we got in and out of the car like three or four times. And I was like, who is this guy? He's annoying. Tell him to shut up. He needs to just be quiet. <laughs> it was me. 
<laughs> Every time we get in the car, my podcast would come back was, on, and I'd be like, "She really didn't know who that it was you, or no, she was saying, I was saying, oh, you that. were saying that. I was oh, okay. saying, who is this annoying guy? You need to get rid of him. Oh, okay. I was All being right. sarcastic. Sorry. All right, tell me about your Lenten fast before I take up the whole podcast. Oh, I, uh, well, I have given up uh, television when I'm when I'm alone. So, like, if a That's family good. member wants to watch a program or something together, um, Shelly yeah. likes to watch The Voice and things like that. So, I don't want to give up those connective times, but those times where, um, I, we're just kind of medicating. Yeah, where you're just you know um, <laughs> numbing. Yeah, sometimes like I can relate. Just late at night when I can't sleep, I just turn on the TV and I, yep, and I try to just sort of numb my brain. And, and then uh, you get into a binge watch. Yeah, and then it turns into because you get up to, interested in one. Yes, and then and then I watch. Well, then just the next one more day episode. You suffer. Oh yeah, and the next day's rough, you know. But uh, I've been there. So several things happen there. I think probably, um, you know, I would say that I want, I want scripture to uh, to inform my thought, and so, um, and this is the hard part because whenever whenever I. Uh, Whenever I said I was going to fast television, I imagined that the time that I spent uh, not watching television, I would then maybe spend reading scripture or reading a, a book uh, that that would be, you know, um, a value to me and to the ministry. But uh, right, so you're turning towards something. Yeah, but it's not just a way. Yeah, if if in the middle of or at late at night when I can't sleep, um, and I turn on the television I kind of numb but when you when you pick up a book when I pick up a book I don't know if this is for everybody some people may fall asleep but if I pick up a book and start reading then I usually end up at the you know the big dry erase board in my garage jotting down thoughts and taking notes and making no, plans I just snooze <laughs> so I go Dude, I, just... I go back to work you know what I mean instead yeah, of going to sleep yeah, so I so I have to so I need to read I guess I'm going to have to read fiction or something that I that won't yeah. That won't make me, uh, you know, that'll make me sleepy rather than make me, you know, excited about things. And because uh, I come back to I come back to life if I have a, a thought and so uh, that I need to flesh out. But uh, also I've given up shaving. There you go. I can tell. So I'm not shaving. I thought maybe, yeah. I, I don't know, I thought you were trying to do this Gerard Butler kind of thing. No, no. You know, just... Yeah, I appreciate that that you know you yeah like in three hundred or something. But, uh, yeah, I, no, well, not. you've been working out a little bit, so <laughs> yeah. Ger- I, we just little, CGI yeah. those abs. There on you there go. And be, yeah, it's the abs so. that are the problem. That's the biggest issue right there. Um, <laughs> no, so what are some funny things? Uh, and I'm going to start with one. Some funny things. Being a youth pastor during Lent was always interesting because kids would give up the craziest stuff. Like I had a kid say. I'm giving up celibacy for Lent. Oh right? gosh, yeah. And I'm like, no, no, you can't do that. You can't. That's not. Can't that's not that. really what we're talking no, I had, about here. I had kids tell me one time, uh, well, how can it be premarital sex if we never get married? Um, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a loophole. You can't use that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. So yeah, when you're in youth ministry, you get all kinds of things like, uh, yeah. you know, I'm giving up wearing underwear or I'm, oh, they you, just. You just I'm giving up going it's to school. Of Every one of them yeah. wanted to give up going to school, or yeah. at least one class. I'm not going to biology. I'm doing no homework for Lent. I'm giving up homework for Lent. 
giving up homework. I'm giving up my little sister for Lent. I'm giving, yeah. you know, yes, yeah. Uh, no, I got a lot well, of then that. you got people like uh, um, Peter Rollins who say, I'm giving up God for Lent, you know, just to shock people. Uh-huh. He's like, uh-huh. atheism for Lent. Have you ever seen yes, his I've deal? Yes, I've seen him. He, yeah, I really the whole idea, I think, is that we give up our ideas about who God is. Because anytime we paint God into a corner, like God won't fit in that corner, right? So, sure. But it sounds, you know, it's just to get a reaction out of everybody. I'm giving up God for Lent. Right, giving up, and you can say it in his voice. I can't. (laughs) you just have to shoot the sound forward. You shoot the sound forward, and there you have it. But it sounds terrible. Well, it sounds a little bit Lucky Charms if you're not careful. Um, Everything sounds. Everything's magic. Everything's magically delicious, but you don't. You don't really want that. Um, Forward. forward. You shoot the sound forward, and he would say, "I got too much Texan draw." And say, "I'm giving up God for Lent." Yeah, that's what he would say. Um, Seamus, Seamus Seamus gave up <laughs> He always tells a joke about he always Seamus. Talks about Seamus I love Seamus I don't even know Seamus uh, you know so so what are you guys focusing on at your church this year for Lent like you have a series you are you doing the one from the the old Nazarene publishing house the postcards or whatever they call yeah, it yeah the foundry um did a, yeah uh, sorry did a, <laughs> it's a new name new now. name um they did make sure you go to the foundry publishing because the foundry is something different i found out several times the uh it's not anything bad it's just no. a different website yeah i uh i ordered a bunch of devotionals um for the congregation so everybody would have the same devotional 40 day devotional or 47 day devotional as it were and uh that's right i think it even includes uh holy week and so there's we're hanging few. out with Walter this year. All right, yeah, I heard you were hanging out with Walter Brueggemann. That's a we decided. We decided. Me and Walter, you know, I'm not like Marty Michelson who actually like hangs out with Walter. But. <laughs> I would like to hang out with Walter. They, he and Peter. But we figured that Walter had something good to say this year. Yeah, he he and Peter Block had a uh, had a conversation. They called the porch ses- porch sessions, and uh, yeah, they uh, the work of the people recorded it and. Uh, Man, I'd have loved to have been just, to be a fly just, on that just porch. sitting listening to that conversation, but on um, the screened-in portion of the porch. Yeah. <laughs> so they, uh, there, we did this this series, and I and I've gotten a lot of good feedback. I think people are appreciating having um, kind of a read-along, having uh, daily devotions, and then our uh, our residents and those who are uh, just a, a group of uh, uh, folks from Wayfinders are doing daily posts. Uh, picking one of the lectionary scriptures for that day, um, or the 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 Book of Common Prayer uh, scriptures from the day, and uh, writing a, a you know a summary or a few devotional thoughts, and we're posting that on on Facebook and whatnot. And so we and we've started this. What is that thing I've seen you posting every day? Is that those? That's those. It just Lenten devotions, and it's usually. Uh, What's it called though? There's like some word for the. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, I think we called them Lenten devotionals. I'm not sure. Oh, the thing. No, you're talking about the busted it's something halo. Different. Busted, busted halo. Busted halo. Yeah. There we go. If you're, if, I was like, yeah. If you're, is that from your people? Yeah. No. Well, I found that it. Busted halo seems to be a really good site for uh, Catholics or recovering Catholics, people who are have parted ways from the Catholic Church, but are whose halo is busted? Yeah, a kind of a situation, or you know, they're they're kind of in that weird place in between church and society. And um, it's just a <clears throat> good information about uh, 
practices of the church. Um, and one, I, they do this this calendar, and you can click on it every day during Lent, and it gives you a challenge and a quote from uh, an author or a, somebody who made yeah. a, made a good quote. Yeah, I've been looking at those, and I really I really like them. I forgot to post today. Um, I'm not really consistent with my posting. I've never been good at social media posting. I kind of forget. Yeah. To... Speaking of consistency, last year at Lent, I started a devotion podcast called Morning Meditations. This is the second time I mentioned it today. So <laughs> you can just Google that on Spotify or <laughs> Apple. Um, and my name's there, Nate Cook. So it's really easy to find. But, um, but seriously, I started that a year ago, I realized. And tomorrow will be one year I have done a podcast every day. Now, I've had to catch up from time to time, not going to lie. Uh-huh. I've fallen behind here and there. Right. But there was only one day I didn't post. And I didn't go back and redo it. And it was either the day before or the day of my son's wedding. Oh. Like, I, I went through the whole year. And, and you missed even it. if I missed one, I would make it up. But that one, I was just exhausted. And I was like, you know what? I'm good. So <laughs> so I'm doing that again this okay. year with Walter's writings. And cool. I'm kind of giving my spin on Walter's writings. Walter's writings are pretty accessible. There's a few of them that I've noticed. You know, he uses words that after I've been in seminary kind of I've, I've heard here and there but you know if I was if I hadn't been to seminary or something some of the wording he uses are a little tricky but but most of it's pretty accessible I was really impressed with how well he writes for just you know laymen in the church and sure um, so that was awesome uh, but we've been doing those and then I just throughout the year I just do the daily lectionary readings so Right. Um, that's that's been a lot of fun for me. But what we're focusing on this year is uh, turning towards. So so what you were kind of talking about, replacing the just, you know, watching TV with something else. And I, I stole that from Richard Foster, who says basically fasting is feasting. Fasting is feasting on God. So right. doesn't really do us much good to turn away from something if we're not turning towards something else. So. Sure. Um, you know, maybe putting some of the big things in our life, like silence and scripture and prayer and community worship and all those kinds of things, you know, um, just to say, well, I have the willpower to stop doing something. That's that's a whole completely other thing. And, you know, in scripture, it's pretty clear that the fasts that are just our will of stopping doing something, um, especially the prophets, they say those are worthless. And in fact, your wor- worship is worthless if you don't turn towards, you know, the broken, the poor, the outcast, the sure. stranger. So, sure. so there's there's the idea that we're working on turning towards this time. So we have a, what used to be our dream board has now become our feasting board. And so what are you going to turn towards as you fast? Or are you going to put some other things into your life um, that would turn you towards the people that God loves um, and God's desire for the world. So, sure. so, so far we've had one Sunday only, you know, and it's yeah. been, been really, really good. Um, uh, but I'm excited about it. I, uh, I've got, a, some other people preaching for me, so that's always good <laughs> and, uh, get some fresh voices in there. And we have a new, uh, executive pastor who'll be preaching his first sermon with us. And, uh, he has some interesting things to say cause he lived in Jerusalem and did tours of Jerusalem for a while. So oh, he's got a yeah. whole different perspective yeah. on scripture cool. than most of us are lucky enough to have. No, so that'll be that'll be good.
along those lines, I've kind of recognized that uh, uh, there's some correlation between uh, com- discomfort and humility. Where and so there seems yeah. to be a, a correlation between uh, comfort and arrogance. Um, we Ooh. and I think for me, the season of Lent then becomes this time where um, where we intentionally choose some discomfort to remind ourselves that uh, <clears throat> you know uh, that we did not make the comfort that we experience happen necessarily, like. I think when yeah. we're comfortable, we get to a point where we think we did this. But a lot of times, oh, yeah. you know, I'm waiting for the right season of the year to be comfortable in. Um, I'm cold in the winter. I'm hot in the summer. So I'm looking for the spring or the fall. And then some, yeah. I don't know how we get arrogant when we get comfortable, especially if it's seasonal, because we didn't do anything to make the earth turn. We didn't make anything. We don't tilt it at its perfect 23 and you know we don't we're not in charge of any of those things and yet we would yeah. we would get really arrogant in our comfort thinking that we have established our security we have established our peace yeah so that's something i'm really dealing with as well right now is i'm in a really good season of life like things are just going well right in my personal life with my family um I'm about to graduate from seminary, which has been a long time coming. I'm, you know, our church is doing really well. We're seeing positive things. I mean, it seems like weekly. Um, and so, you know, there's that balance between not enjoying those moments and looking for the next dip, you know, yeah. like just, oh, yeah. well, what's around the next corner? And then also just realizing that all of that is a gift and there will be days where the sun isn't really shining as brightly. Yeah. And you're walking through some dark places and, you know, and even in the midst of the good things, there are people in my community that are walking through dark places. So sure. uh, what's pretty amazing, though, is I think as we as we begin to humble ourselves before God and to receive it all as a gift, I feel like then we're better able, at least in my life, to identify with those who aren't receiving, you know, who are suffering. It's like all of a sudden I have a new kind of empathy because I know that this goodness in my life isn't something that somehow I have worked out. Um, it's just that God, you know, I just happen to be in that season and sure. and it's all a gift from God. So all I can do is just receive it. But yet I also then see the circumstance of my brothers in and I want to sit with them in that and realize that that will be, I will be in that season at some point. And so I want to identify and just recognize sure. that even in the good and the bad, that God God is in there through all of it. And God is with us even in those dark valleys sure. as we read about in the Psalms. And so so I think I think as we release that, that kind of, like you said, the arrogance, even if life right now is good, but we put ourselves in a little bit of an uncomfortable situation on purpose, um, and what I see is that that God kind of takes that microscope even as we begin to fast and as we begin to seek God and, and to remind us even of those our frailties in the midst of even the good times to remind us that this is not of you. This is you. You are this fragile, frail human being who makes a lot of mistakes. Sure. Um, sure. And, and so. You have nothing to say. You could have earned anything that's come your way. Right. And and as we deal with that, then we, you know, I find that even in a Lenten commitment that 
oftentimes, you know, I, I, having given up television, I'm used to that sound in the background, right? I'm used to that yeah. entertaining sound in the background. And what I didn't realize is, you know that song by 21 Pilots, Somebody Stole My Car Radio and Now I Just yeah. Sit in Silence, but the silence and is sometimes violent. sometimes silence is violent. Yeah, and so... <laughs> yes, um, I know where you're going, like, I, and so it is. And so then they say this phrase uh, that they ought to replace the slot with something that they once bought, right? They, that, yeah. And that, that need in me to replace that slot. Right. So, so I I would say, Hey, I'm going to give up screen time. Um, you know, I'm going to give up television, but then I will replace it with a different screen while I'm by myself, you know? And so I'll start surfing the web and I'll start, you know, I could, I if I pick up my phone and I go to TikTok and I start watching, you know, a TikTok video, or Snapchat, or Instagram, or Facebook, or Twitter, or then I've just replaced, you know, all I've done is I've yeah. still excluded myself from the family conversation, and I've allowed everybody, you know, to go to their own room in their own space and retreat and look at their own screen. Um, and so I've defeated the purpose of that. Yeah, there's no community. The being together. I've also, not, I've also neglected the reading of God's Word or anything edifying. Um, and so we tend to, and just recognizing that, even if I even if I succeed in not replacing the the vacancy with something right. that's unhealthy, um, even if I re, even if I succeed in replacing it with something that that I have put on my list of things I could replace it with that would be valuable, I still in that moment where I feel that temptation, I remember yeah. what temptation feels like. I remember what. Uh, what commitment feels like, and I remember what it's like to make a choice uh, towards something that's healthier, you know. Right. And and yeah. I think I think we get the reason we make the choices we make oftentimes are to numb ourselves um, from For from sure. those choices because we have to make thousands of choices in a day, and so you know uh, sometimes the entertainment that we choose or the activities that we choose, the habits that we choose. I mean, with you, you know, you're you're choosing. Uh, you know, to replace those words with that of going too far with something that might be uh, more edifying or, you know. Yeah. It, it, well, yeah, yeah, just not always having. And there's a whole lot of stuff underneath that. I mean, I grew up being the class clown. So there's, you know, there's ego involved in that. And can I make everyone laugh? And so then it ultimately comes back to me, right? Like, sure. this is who I am. I'm the funny guy. So I do this. I think I'm funny. Other people may not think that, but. Um, you know, so I do, I do those things just to get, uh, a laugh or a rise out of people, which sure. is ultimately just for them to say, Oh, look at Nate. That's hilarious. Uh-huh. Um, so, so yeah, just shutting up is, is an act of saying I'm okay to not have to be noticed in this situation. And it's difficult. I mean, all of us have these things that we want to be noticed. I mean, you watch people as they post on social media, just wanting people to see them, you know, the other thing uh, I I think that silence is violence is such a huge thing that you just said, like, you know, it's a very profound statement from uh, 21 pilots there because I I started a little while back, just turning off the radio in my car. Um, I used to listen to a lot of sports talk. I love like basketball, football, stuff like that. So if we're adding to the noise, turn off yeah. this song. You know this. Yeah. <laughs> so Switchfoot beat them too. Yeah, they did. But, they did. But when I shut it off, then I realized, yeah, I'm gonna reach for even though I'm driving and my wife hates this, I might reach for Facebook. I might call someone. Like that silence is violent. It really is. It's like, and I think part of that is because 
silence leaves us kind of naked. And that's why I'm trying to sure. facilitate it in my life more. It's like, you know, if we stop and if we let go of all the things we're thinking even and making plans for the day, and as we stop and just sit, then we realize that all we have is who we are right in this moment. And, and to believe that God loves us there is a very difficult thing for us. But if we yeah. could ever catch yeah. that, then it completely changes everything else because we, it, as we receive that grace and that mercy from God and that believe that God loves us in the brokenness, in our little idiosyncrasies, when we cross the line too much, you know, like um, if we can believe that, then we have the opportunity then to love other people in their brokenness um, uh, because sure. we know that they are also created in the image of God. And that they don't need some kind of thing to be acceptable, just like we don't. Right. Uh, but silence is, I mean, anytime you bear yourself and you're vulnerable, it's scary. And silence is one of the most vulnerable places we'll ever be. Sure it is. Because, because it's just us yeah, with God. It's vulnerable. We're being vulnerable with ourselves. Uh, yeah. And, you know, most people are their own worst critic. Uh, and so, and, and so many of our words are just used to defend ourselves and to prop ourselves up. Just to, really yeah, just to, to justify talk, us. I think I heard yeah. a study one time. They said eighty percent of our words are to justify ourselves. But as a Christian person, if you're acting in accordance with the Holy Spirit, then you shouldn't have to justify yourself. It should be justified by the fruit that it produces. Yeah, and we're justified by God in the first place. Yeah, like, it's like Jesus is our justification. So, yeah. We don't. We shouldn't have to prove to other people who we are. Like you said, eventually they will see the fruit in well, our lives. Well, but it, it it reminds us this Lenten season. Oftentimes, what it effectively reminds us of is how much we don't really like ourselves. We don't like who we are in Christ because we don't know who we are in Christ. And that silence right. is the opportunity to discover who we are in Christ. And it's you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, sometimes I don't love myself very well. So what's my neighbor gonna get right? That whole yeah, uh, that whole now, mentality. That brings up an interesting point because I've this is something that I've seen happen, and there's a difference between that kind of self love that's rooted in the love of God, sure, and the whole thing that's like, I'm gonna do me. Right. I'm gonna yeah. love me and forget the rest of the world because like, in Christ. We are called to give our lives away, not to go find our life, yeah. like to lose our life. So, so there's a very, and, and I, I see this all the time, just that little twist where it's like, this is all about me. Like I've got to be me. I've got to love myself. Now that is true. We do have to love ourselves, but the love comes from who we are in Christ sure. and not from like making our, you know, exercising more or eating better or becoming like, like that self love and self care. If it's not rooted in the love of God, then it pretty quickly becomes selfishness. And I see sure. this all the time. Sure. The whole point uh, is to, to understand who I am, like loving, appreciating who I am. When we say love yourself, appreciate who you are. That means appreciate the gifts you've been given, the way you've been designed, the things that you can contribute because then other centered self-sacrificing love can be fully exhibited in your life, right? Um, right. Not, not, not love yourself so that you can get the most out of uh, the resources in this world, uh, but so that you can contribute the most to the needs of others and to the life of others, you know. And in so well, doing, and, uh, you'll, you'll yeah. enjoy life as well, you know. You, there's a blessing there. 
And I think loving yourself, if it's not like if it's not grounded in the love of God, then it just it just turns in on itself, which is what sin always does to us. So sure, and then like, you just want more. I just need yeah. more of whatever it was that stimulated that that release of serotonin or or uh, yeah, you know whatever other brain chemical I'm after that day, dopamine. So ultimately, I think it's for me. It's the the practice has become finding ourselves acceptable because of who Christ is and who God has created us sure. to be. Sure, that's where the love comes from, and then we'll know that the love is coming from there because it will in turn help us to see others as who they are created in God's eyes. Um, if it's not turning us towards others and service and um, giving our lives away for the sake of others, then it's probably more about us than it is about really accepting God's love. Sure. Uh, because if it just keeps turning us back towards ourselves so that we're happy and we're right. content or whatever it is. Um, but, but when we give ourselves away, the crazy thing is we do find happiness. You know, happier those who are poor in spirit. Right. <laughs> so it's, right. it's a very fine line, and it's one that I think we, all, we often trip up on. That's the only reason why I wanted to bring it up. So uh, Self-love has got to be based in God. It has to. My... It has to. I, I think one of the practices that we're doing this Lenten season as a congregation, um, I, uh, while J.J. was here last week visiting, I, uh, he, he's really into resin like pouring resin on countertops and recreating marble yeah. effects and things like that. He gets really excited cool. about it. And, um, and so we were talking I don't, about but it. That's cool. No, I don't tear. I'm, he was excited. <laughs> I would like to watch him do it. And I, I can binge watch some of those, uh, YouTube videos of people doing that. Cause it's, yeah. it's, it's entertaining at, at the very least, but it kind of seems sticky and messy to me. And I'm not really interested in, in getting sticky and messy, but JJ's never been afraid of sticky or messy. That's probably why we're friends is because we're, opposites in that regard and he challenges me but um he he said why don't you want to you want to try a resin project i said let's try a resin project while you're here you know and so what we did is we went and got a, a goblet and filled it and colored some uh, resin and poured it in so that it would look like a, a glass of wine uh or if you're nazarene a glass of juice um and uh, yeah welch's is amazing welch's yeah welch's and um so we uh we put uh, we put this cup, and then I made a fake loaf of bread. So I just got some flour and some salt, and I did everything that you would do to make bread, except I didn't add the yeast, because the yeast would make it rise, and the yeast would also cause it to uh, uh, to be subject to mold, right? And okay. so um, I, uh, if if you cooked it the way you do bread, then it would be, it would mold. Uh, and so then I, I cooked it and it would be, it was hard as a brick, man. It was like hard right. as a brick. It just was this big loaf of bread. And I even cut the lines in the top of it and browned it with the broiler in the oven and everything. And then I shellacked it. Um, and so I took that shellacked bread and I wrapped it in, you know, in a, in a flour sack, like you would preparing it for, uh, communion. And I set it on a table next to this glass full of resin that looks like a, a glass of wine. Um, and, and so instead of offering communion through the, through the, uh, through this Lenten season, we're denying ourselves communion. Um, and I know other, you know, you talked about celebrating on Sundays. Um, and so some churches will offer, uh, it's always good to deny your people the grace yeah, of God you know, for a time. Yeah. I appreciate you doing that. <laughs> 
And so basically, what we're doing. I'm such a jerk. Yeah, it's okay. We're you have to you have to, and I struggle. You know, I mean, I understand both sides of this coin. And some people would argue, you know, that's wrong. And some people would argue, no, I love it. It depends on what tradition you're from. Um, yeah. But uh, I uh, I just set it on a table and I said, you know, you can't eat that or drink that. Please don't try because the bread is a brick and and yeah, and that's you'll have real. a crown really quickly. Yeah, like crown in your teeth. Oh yeah, you'll bite down yeah. You'll have you'll have um, a broken tooth. Sorry, <laughs> you have a crown really quickly. I not on your I head. thought that was a spiritual statement, not a yeah. uh, practical statement. An exchange <laughs> it someday for a crown. Um, the <laughs> in your teeth. Every time that I get a root canal, that's what I that song is in my head because they say come back in a in a couple of weeks and we'll have your crown. will be in. And, uh, no, every time I go to like a Christian quizzing competition, I always want to sing. Till my trophies at last I lay down. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand that. I uh, whenever no, just when everybody up. else is, uh, um, you know, kind of up on their uh, their denomination, I just want to sing. Um, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. And, uh, yeah, we have gone far yeah. afield of where we started. <laughs> so you got this bread, you got the juice. Uh, it's not real. You just have to walk up to it and people, stare at it. You just walk just up to look it. At it. You can, all you can do is look at it. And the whole idea is um, that that we would uh, we wouldn't just consume. That we would That's that good. we would appreciate, right? Yeah. That I wouldn't just consume it. As though this, you know, because salvation, sometimes as Christians, we just consume salvation instead of... Well, because we consume everything else. Right. So why would... how? And you can't really consume salvation because if you consume salvation, then you you haven't understood salvation is supposed to consume you, right? It's the love of God and the grace of God consuming you. And so whenever we receive communion, we are being consumed into the body of Christ, not right. we're not consuming it it is consuming us and so there's this humility that comes with it and so uh anyway that's just one of our lenten uh stations all consuming fire fall on, on us. us no but we would you should we should we should, should sing that uh, i have to tell my yeah. tell my worship leader man some good stuff this week we're we're almost at 40 minutes so um that's usually about where we say adieu adieu um you got any exciting things going on this week? I'm going to uh, LC, which I guess you're not doing anymore. Since no, you I decide am. Decide not to be the president of your district down there. I'm I'm no so longer I'll see Mr. Witten, NYI president, but he is going. I actually had a conversation with Derek. I had lunch with him uh, on Monday, and so uh, yeah. he's headed that so way. So we're going to stay in a Catholic retreat center outside of Ohio. That sounds cool. Which yeah, um, you know me. I'm a partial monk, so <laughs> planning my sabbatical right now. Are you? I've got uh-huh. I've got two hermitages booked for a total of about three weeks sol- of solitude. Well, if you're so, going, then you need to take some Brother Lawrence and some Thomas Merton with you. Oh, and, it's going to be there. Uh, and do some reading. You know it's going to be there. So, <laughs> um, right. And I may be singing some um, Gregorian chants. take a book to whack yourself in the face with. Yeah. Anyway, they couldn't see that, but no. I just slapped myself yeah, in the I face saw with it. both hands. <laughs> I saw it. All right, and man. Heard it. 
Hey, I, uh, I'm sorry you don't get to see your daughter every week, but I'm really enjoying seeing her all the time. So she okay. did a great job this week, by the way, and you should be proud. Yeah. And I told her either it was in her genes or it was nurture. It was either nature or nurture, but there was a lot of that I could see passed down. So yeah. you should be proud. And we love you guys, and I look forward to doing this again next week. Absolutely. Three weeks in a row. Three weeks in a row. It'll be a streak. It may have to be late in the week because I'm going to be in Ohio till like there you go. late week. But. Oh, yeah. Or we could get a whole group there of There you us. go, we'll man. See. Just there set we it up, and we'll, do, we'll get everybody on it. We'll do that. Yeah. All right. Love you, bro. Love you, too. You. Take care. All right. Bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.